Hey guys, and welcome back to Everything But Hockey. This is episode three. I'm your host, Andrea Helfrich. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank you for all of the continued support of this show. I always read the reviews you leave. And one review I was reading a lot of was you wanted the episodes to be longer. So you guys, I am serving you up some long form content today, and it is so good. Today's episode falls right around International Women's Day, which celebrates the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. Now, this is so important to me, our organization, so I knew I had to find a guest that embodied and echoed this message. My guest today is Valerie Camillo, and for lack of better description, she's a bit of a unicorn. She's the president of business operations for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Wells Fargo Center, and the first woman to be hired as a president in the NHL. I knew she'd be the perfect guest for this special edition, and I don't want to keep rambling because, like I said, long form. We are about to get into it on this episode of Everything But Hockey. Well, Val, welcome to Everything But Hockey. Hello. Have, Have you been on a podcast before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Wow. Well, this is it. This is what a podcast is like. Fantastic. Welcome. I'm going to start off with some rapid fire if you're cool with that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We're going to really get to know you this way. Office or Parks and Rec? Neither. Fast lane or slow lane? That, wait a minute. Wait yeah, a minute. No, wait, no, no, no. We, talked, we talked a little bit about, about how I was, it was Gen X. Like, I think those are I got two questions in. millennial shows. But go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Fast lane or slow lane when driving? Slow lane. Really? Yeah. In your I'm, cool car? I'm very cautious. I'm actually very conservative in my personal life. Okay. Yeah. Favorite social media platform? Twitter. What do you think of TikTok? Um, I, I, I think it's a lot of dancing it that is I can't perform. I haven't actually, I don't understand. I heard like, like kids my niece's age, she's 10, spend like six hours a day on it. And That's I don't crazy. understand how that can happen. No, I spent two hours trying to learn a 13 second dance that an eight-year-old was teaching me and it ended in like tears. So that's TikTok. Yeah, not really in my wheelhouse, but Twitter, Twitter, good. Okay. Yeah. Twitter, good. Twitter, good. Sex in the city or real housewives? Sex in the city, hands down. Date night in or date night out? Out. Where would you go? I like to be taken places. I like to be treated well. <laughs> um, where would I go? So, so I'll give you, my answer now is actually my husband and I like to go out with friends. But um, when I was single, my favorite date was rather controversial. It was dinner and a movies. Dinner in the movies. Yeah. And my, my husband said that that was a terrible first date for a guy. Because he can't talk? No, because it's too long. Oh, yeah. That's true. But I, that was my favorite date. I didn't know I was torturing all these men. With yeah, I never thought about that way. Guys are so funny. Yeah, they are. He wanted nothing to do with that. When you get married, time. you find out all these things that you didn't know because they tell they like open up and tell you. Wait, I'm going to get into that later. But how long have you guys been married? I feel like you've been together for a long time. We'll be married 13 years wow. in uh, in the summer in oh, July. All right, I'll get into. We are married seven seven seven. Really? Yeah. Which is actually kind of a funny story because we got the date and we got the church. Um, because all these brides held the date because they wanted to be married on that date. And then we, when we got engaged, we got, we got married 10 months later, which is kind of quick. No, wait, we got married three months later, which that is kind of quick. really quick. Right. We got engaged 10 months after we met. We got, we got married three months after that. No and wonder the, you learned a lot about him after you were married. Yeah, right, right. Thank God that he learned all <laughs> about me after the marriage because that, that was important. But um, we, uh, uh, 
all these brides like held the date with hopes that they'd get asked. And then, you know, it was a, t- it was a Saturday. Hold on. Yeah. They held the date before yeah. being proposed to? Yes. To try to get, cause it was like the lucky date, but then like a lot of it didn't happen. That's so probably that why they the, jinxed themselves. That was the one date that we could get quickly because there was all these like holds that never happened. How about that? That is a funny story. Yeah. I love that. All right. I'm going to continue the rapid fire. Kimmel or Fallon? Neither. Massage or facial? Massage. Celine Dion or Shania Twain? Oh, Celine Dion. Your heart will go on. 100%. Queen or the Beatles? Queen. Me too. Favorite Star Wars character? Boba Fett. I go deep in the canon. You're going, so are you're you, your you're old age Star Wars? Do you, how do you feel about what the What do you age? mean I'm old? Like, Wait, okay. can we not for the rest of the yeah. podcast use the term old age? Uh, let's re- let's yeah. uh, remove that from the, what do they say? Let's remove that from like if you're in a court of law. Let's oh, scrub that uh, the from record, the record. record. The okay. record, yeah. So let's scrub that from the record. What I meant was. Sure. What, 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 go ahead. You know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to go down that No, path. go, go, go. I just know the new Ray. Yeah. But that she was, she's a new character. I feel like this is a path I should just nip in the, I shouldn't go. Yeah. I'm going to close this can. So, so, so everyone of my old age, quote unquote, is a fan of the original trilogy, like hands down. And then the next set of trilogies, which is actually before Ray, was was not good, especially Attack of the Clones. Let's not even talk about that. And then the, the new trilogy has been mixed. It's been mixed. But I'm a big Star Wars fan, so that's why when I said Boba Fett, he was from the original trilogy. He's also, I don't think he's an obscure character, but if you're not a big fan of Star Wars, you might not know who he is. Does now, he look anything like Jabba the Hutt? No, he looks like the Mandalorian. He's, oh, he's a, I, I guess at that time, I guess he is a, a member of the Mandalorian clan. <laughs> Let's discuss. Um, but uh, he was like, at the, t- at the time of the original trilogy, they hadn't revealed like the idea of the Mandalorian. We could talk about that. We could yeah, do a I whole know, podcast like, on this. Close that. Yeah, shut the door. That was my fault. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's, let's follow that with super salad. Uh, both, both. I like both. All right. High school superlative. I was class clown. You were? I was. There is a photo of me that exists laying on the top of the principal's car with a crowbar in my high school year. Was that your prank? I didn't actually do it. It was a staged photo. Yeah, no. And there, and then the, the, the boy class clown, because it was, you know, there was a, a girl and a boy class clown. Um, uh, he had like the principal's car keys, and he was sitting in the driver's seat. That's cute. That that I picture would love exists. To see that photo? <laughs> no, probably not. It's not in your purse today, is it? <laughs> I had bad hair that day too. Um, you don't have bad hair today. I, I'm not. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we when finish we this and you review. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, color of your prom dress? Oh golly! I mean, I went to prom multiple times. I know one of them was black. Um, Classic. One of them was, but that could have been homecoming. It's okay. I don't know. I I went to a I went to prom. I had a, I had my high school boyfriend was a couple years older than me, so I went a few times. Yeah, got it. Yeah. If you had to pick one song to listen to on repeat for the rest of your like life, like a prayer, Madonna. <gasps> I don't even. You don't even have to finish. But greatest song ever recorded, hands down. No no dispute, no argument. Okay. Yeah. How did you feel about her next album? Was it called Frozen? The album after like a prayer. Yeah, like the next her album of. Frozen. That was. Did you like that album? Or you're talking about Ray of Light? Ray of Light. Yeah. Did you like yeah. that album? Um, I did. I did music. Me too. I still. I still like her. Everything. I just saw her when she came to Philly. Did you? I went to see her twice. She was only here a couple of nights. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, okay. Whiskey, beer, or wine? Um, wine of those three, but my favorite is actually like a sugary cocktail, like a well balanced cocktail. Like a but, but, no. You know, mm-hmm. the men in my life would say sugary. 
but I would say it's a well-balanced cocktail. I like that. Yeah. Um, morning person or night owl? Night owl, for sure. Oh, gosh. Are you not a morning person? I'm not a morning person. I love and to I, hear that from someone like you. And I don't like to go to bed. Like, I, if, you, if I had my druthers, I would stay up till like 4 in the morning. But are you binging Netflix? I'm, yeah, I mean, and yes, I'm watching television most of the time when I'm home. Because what else do you do in the middle of the night? You just binge. Not read books? No. I, I have too many streaming services now to read books. It's like Yeah, too distracting. Yeah. I, know. I have Disney Plus. I have Hulu. What are you binging right now? Uh, we're watching The Outsider. Yeah, I love Which it. is scary. It is. Yeah, and I think it's going to, I don't know, I'm, th- I'm not all the way through it, so I think it's going to take a twist that makes it It has to. I'm on, lame and not likable, but so far it's been great. Yeah, I'm on like episode five. But it's crazy. It's great acting, and it's it's interesting. It's shot really well. The guy that dir- the guy that acts is the main character. Doesn't he also direct? Because I've sometimes watched the clips afterwards. Are you talking about Jason Bateman? Yep. You call him that guy okay. again. This is a generational <sighs> gap. Oh, you're making me. I'd like to be interviewed for future podcasts by a Gen Xer. Go ahead, <laughs> Jason. Jason Bateman, note. that guy. That yeah. guy. I forgot who it was. He's but... good. He's in a lot of stuff. Well, Do you know his sister? No. Really? Who's his sister? Seriously. This is happening? You're actually making me sweat. You're an influencer. You should know. Yeah. And do you watch my IG stories? If I'm not at a hockey game, I'm decorating shelves in my <laughs> living room because I love You should come home over. Design. I need a decorator. I would love to do that for you. Let's talk about that after this. Okay. I did not know that. Cool. I will follow your so IG stories. So if I don't stories. have a job here anymore, I can be decorating your shelves. I- IG stories. And I think you should look up who Jason Justin Bateman. Bateman is. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's his sister. Yeah. Okay. Got it. She at one point was more famous than him, and then now he's more famous than her. But in the 80s, she was like a big deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. I'm hot now. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's shifting gears a little bit. Before this podcast started, <laughs> was everything but hockey indeed. Indeed. Go ahead. Welcome to the show, Val. It's good. It's a good show. Um, so on my way to work, my mom drives me in on the phone every morning. So I was telling her about this podcast today. Are you Italian? No. Okay, because my mom does that. I thought it was an Italian mother thing, but I guess it's like universal. Yeah. No, are you close with your mom? Really? I talk to my mom every day on the way into work and sometimes on the way home, depending. Yeah. that's. It's like the perfect time. Decompress. It gets my drive. Like it goes quicker and it's nice to check in. And also everything she says to me is like the voice of God. Like my mom has a good ability to see things from a very macro perspective, whereas I get caught up sometimes in like the granular details. I think we could have the same mom. Really? I do. I really do. It's a blessing. It is. It's a blessing. No, my mom's amazing. Um, But with that, I was telling her about this interview and she's like, wait, the president of the company is sitting down with you on your podcast. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, she made me realize how cool it is that not only are we in a space that we can create a show like this, and then you're not only condoning it and blessing it because we're able to do it, but you're supporting it by being on it. So it just kind of like brought me full circle of how cool this is, because let me explain for everyone listening the context of this. It's like chatting with your boss's boss's boss. So I'm picking the brain of someone like if if we were, let's be real, look at your calendar, how busy you are. It's cool that you've slated the time. I feel like I should be more formal now. No, don't be. <laughs> I, I wanted to paint the picture because we, we had a lot of fun and we're going to continue having fun. But I just I think it's really it's a cool world we live in and it's a cool company and a cool vibe that you're fostering. It's a, it, it, I've been up close and personal with a lot of different sports franchises, and this is a great place to work. It really is. The people here are awesome. And, also, and the culture's good, I think. It is good. And you have a huge part of that, you know? Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's, it's a fun place to work, and obviously it's a fun time to work here. Um, now, speaking of the job, what has been the biggest challenge for you so far? Um, 
Well, the biggest the biggest challenge is you know when I when I was hired, the challenge that was put in front of me is we operated the team, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Wells Fargo Center as two different business operating units, and I was hired to bring them together. And so that's a big organizational transformation and culture change, and um, it, that was the biggest challenge, just coming in and you know having to figure out what that would look like and that changed people's roles and people's responsibilities and all that's scary. Like change is scary for people. Mm -hmm. And so what I, what I knew is that like when we went through that process and we were continuing, I mean, it's only been a year and, you know, organizational change takes a long time, but is, is who I was as a leader and, and what I thought the culture could be and how we would operate going forward once we kind of got, got through all that. Um, and so I could I could sort of see that, and I guess the thing is that I you know for me as a leader is that organizational change is scary, but I didn't want to think that I was scary. And so things like this are great. Like to get back to your mom is that like it gives a little bit more personality. And obviously, don't have the time to sit down with every single one of our employees for for but an they're going to get conversation to about podcast. our life. But they you know hopefully listen to this. We'll and, put it in the legend. Yeah, the legend internal right. communication. This podcast right through. Um, so yeah, you mentioned you've been in the role for a year. Yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, what has surprised you? I don't know that. I think what surprised me is that I, I took this job for very specific reasons because I, I, you know, I was with the Washington Nationals before. I was in a really good situation. I had a, a good ownership group there and obviously a really strong team. They went on to win the World Series the year, the year after I left. And so I wasn't, I wasn't like looking to leave. And so in, in picking a job like this, you know, you want to, you have it has to be something really great to get you to, to compel you to leave. And so there were some things about, about this job that drew me to it. And probably the biggest surprise is that they've all been true because think about when you, when you make the decision to, to make a career change, like mm -hmm. you have these hypotheses, these hopes, like this is what probably, I think it could be. Yeah. And does it turn out that way or not? And in this case, the biggest surprise for me is like, it, it has been what I hoped it would be. That's so awesome. Yeah. Was your mom for it the whole time during the thought process, decision-making process? My mom is very supportive of me, and it was obviously a great career opportunity. Um, I wasn't the president of the Washington Nationals. I didn't have the scope of responsibility, so it was a career advancement for me, and she recognized that. But she was sad because she lives in, in the Washington, D.C. area, so it involved me moving away. But we still talk every day. I go home a lot to visit. So, yeah. Wow. Now, is there, like, something that you can pinpoint in your life and your professional career that was the tipping point? For you to get here, is there something you can look back on and think? If I didn't make that decision or take that career move, I may not have been sitting here where I am today. I don't, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that that um, this is probably too no get like, into ethereal. It. Like, you're the path you're meant to get on. I'm like, any road you go down, you kind of get there, right? Well, and I, I'm, I'm but spiritual I don't that. in that sense. Like I do believe in manifesting reality and I can get real weird with you. But <laughs> I want to hear more about that. But I do. I also think that you do make choices. Like you have a finite set of choices. So logically, um, probably the biggest, the biggest choice I made is that I was trying, I, I was a management consultant, a strategy consultant for 15 years. I wasn't in the sports entertainment industry. I always wanted to be from mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And, um, I had tried to network into the industry over a number of years, gone down a couple different roads that that didn't really lead to anything. Um, and my husband and I were about to sign a contract on a house uh, in Northern Virginia. I was working in consulting at the time. And uh, out of the blue, I got a random call about a potential job at the NBA, which was the first the first way that I broke into sports. And 
I almost didn't take the interview after all those years of trying to get into sports because we were about to buy this house and I felt like that moment maybe maybe had passed. I was very focused on something different. And my husband was encouraging. He's like, are you, and, and the other, you know, at the time, like what they called me about, it wasn't the right level and it wasn't the right pay. And my husband was like, are you crazy? He's like, go up there, have the interview. Wow, maybe they'll make the job something else, something that is attractive. And that's of what, happened? what happened. And two weeks later, we moved to New York. Whoa. Didn't buy the house. Uh, so what you yeah. just said is something that I think a lot of people, what I was hearing is you were about to buy the house and your focus was a little bit more on maybe making a home and a life with your husband. Yeah. And you, your focus shifted. And I think that happens to a lot of people. And I don't know, especially women with kids, I often think, how am I going to do my job and get pregnant? That's going to look weird. I, I think about that. You know, my role is going to have to change. So I appreciate hearing the encouragement and support from your husband and that you were able to, it sounds like, change the job title. In yeah, that. I mean, they, they were able to make it something that did work for me. Because when you're 15 years in a consulting career, like, I was in a very good situation. And so, like, I did take a step back when I went to the NBA. So you took a pay cut? Of, yeah, I took a pay cut to go. And that's, I always tell people to bet on themselves. If you're going after your dream, like, it's really hard to take a step up into your dream or a lateral into your dream. Like, if you believe in yourself and you think you can do it, like, bet on yourself a little bit. Because you do hear that, like, never take a pay cut. It depends is my answer, right? It, um, and, and that clearly it can pay out. off in some cases. It can, it can pay off. And, you know, if you end up doing what you love to do, like doubly so. Um, but I do think to what you said before, like fate steps in too. There was a, we actually had a delay in buying that house because we got into this stupid argument about the cabinets. And I tell me the, more. I thought the color of the cabinets were going to be one thing. I wanted them white. This is, and they were, and they were cherry. Remember, cherry won out. Remember how, I mean, you're, again, like this is probably Gen X, but cherry cabinets were like, hold on, pause. I might not know who Jason Bateman is, yeah. but I know cherry wood cabinets and I don't like them either. In a kitchen. It Thank was you. like a thing in like the 90s. And so when we went to sign the contract, the cabinets were cherry. And I said, no, no, I, the cabinets were white. And they said, oh, that's going to be an extra, I think it was ten or $25,000. So because I'm a negotiator, I was like, we're walking. And like we took our stuff and we walked out. And then that night or the next day, the NBA called me. And Whoa. Yeah. That's definitely, to me, that's a, it was meant to be. Exactly. Yeah. You can, fate steps in sometimes. And I also feel that that's your tipping point, if we had to okay. pick one. Good. My husband likes to take credit for it. He sh well, I mean, I pre it's, it's awesome to have a supportive partner. Oh, 100%. And it sounds like he is very much so. Has he, how, okay, tell me all about him and how you manage and give him your time while being so busy and how your secrets to work-life balance, we all need to know how do you do it. So, so work-life balance is an interesting one because, um, do you love or hate that about, phrase? I kind of hate, hate it. I sort of hate it. I don't, I don't, I think it's like, it, it lays something up as separate. Like here's your work and here's your life. And like for me and anyone who reaches a certain level of passion about their career or commitment to their career or level in their career, like it starts to blend together. I remember a period of time when I was, you know, and this was like the, the mid nineties when I first started working where you really could have like work life because you shut off your computer, you went home, you didn't have a, a smartphone no one and could contact no you. one could contact you. And it was like, I just Lights go about out. my life, but that's not the world anymore. And so I do think that's why when I think about work-life balance, I I do feel it's like a seamless flow. And that's why I think now more than ever, it's important to do something you really love and care about because it's very hard to create these carve-outs in today's society. It just doesn't stop, like you no. said. But 
Okay. So you just, you figure it out. It sounds like, I, I mean, do. everyone's different. Every relationship's different, but I get the question a lot too. And I don't really have an answer either. If someone were to put me on the spot and say, how do you give your boyfriend enough attention? Yeah. I, I feel like I, t- I'm, I do a really <laughs> terrible job <laughs> at, at, um, at, you gotta meet at all of that, at all that. But again, like it matters amazing. the partner, the partner that you're with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have a, a very, secure husband who has his own identity and because there's a lot of other things just not only giving them time is that when you move into some of these roles that are let's say an interesting role to be in at a cocktail party people want to talk to you Mm. the president of flyers your president of sports center whatever like that that can be difficult on a partner you know is uh, in any relationship right and so you've got to have someone who has their their own sense of self and their own sense of confidence or all of it you know they can crumble time for you they won't like you know being in that position. Um, and you know, who spoke really eloquently on this is, uh, is, um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Have you seen her, her documentary? I'm going to watch it as soon as I leave here. Um, yeah. So, so she talked a lot about her, her husband and that he was never threatened by her and he was such a key to her success because he had his, his, just his own dynamic sense of self. And that rarely resonated with me because I don't think that any of these type of roles that are, that are, you know, very high profile, very high pressure that you can succeed without a support system. Like I, I just don't think you can do it. You need someone there to encourage you as my Mm -hmm. husband encouraged me. And you also need someone who, um, there's a lot of stress, like someone who can be like your go-to. Yeah. And no. he's all those things. I hope we're not divorced by the time this comes out or it'll be quite embarrassing. I doubt it. After <laughs> after what you told me and how long you guys have been together, I think you're in a solid spot. That's so cool. It's, it's, inc- it's not imminent. It's not imminent. It's, it's inspiring that I hear that. I do like that a lot. If you could boil down your three tips to success. Well, to, to success in? In professional. In professional. Mm-hmm. Um, well... I think you have to be confident. And I think that's important for anyone, but it's particularly important for women. I think you have to hear, like, you have to be confident, number one. Um, but you have to be driven in hard work. Like, sometimes I get a little anxious, like, when I'm when I'm mentoring um, some people that I know in my life and through my professional setting, and there's this idea of, like, you know, is there a way to do it without, like, that much hard work and that giving mm-hmm. that much of yourself? And How do you let them down lightly? I, I tell them that that wasn't my path. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I just heard Carly Lloyd speak mm-hmm. recently. And, you know, I think anyone who 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 gets their dream, whatever their dream is, like put a Busted lot their ass of work into getting there. Yeah. So hard work. And then resiliency because you're going to have setbacks. It's not going to happen. I mean, maybe you're, you're um, Billie Eilish, right? But... See, but I she's went, been doing it since I she went was twelve. Your, you did, wow, Val. You since just, she was twelve, she's only eighteen. 17, yeah, very okay. Yeah, well, I'm saying she and worked like she, a large part of her life. Or wasn't this the, the Big Eyes song when she was only thirteen? Um, she I didn't, don't know the details of it, but I know she like recorded in her bedroom with her it, brother. With her brother, like, it just, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty cool Cinderella story, if you will. But I, I right. get the reference. But but the I appreciate it. For most people, there's setbacks and a journey and a road, and you have to stay committed to what to what you want. That was certainly the case for me. Now, I want to touch back on your first tip, which was confidence. I was just talking to a friend about confidence, and she had a meeting with her boss and said, hey, you should be more assertive. And it The opened, boss said that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it opened up this conversation between us of, well, when I'm more assertive, I come off like a bitch. Mm. But if I'm not assertive enough, I'm too nice. And she's like, where is the middle ground? And she kind of 
point blankly said, I feel like it's something that females are looked at as it's like two, two, two lanes. There's no medium. So I was just thinking like that confidence is really important. How do you find that sweet spot of being assertive, but not coming off hot headed or. So sometimes people say to me, I get the question a lot, like, um, you know, how do you get a seat at the table? This is what popped in my head when you said all this. Like, how do you have a voice when you're the only woman in the room? And the number one thing I think of is have something to say mm. and, and say it. Mm-hmm. Have the confidence to say it. The thing I would say about that, and I, and I get that. I totally get that. That's like a legit thing. But, you know, I, I, I have confidence in who I am and what I can contribute and what I can do. But I try not to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I think that um, you have to be you have to be careful about not going in with like a chip on your shoulder as you're going in confident. Like that's a different thing entirely. Like right. there's a way to um, like a cadence. Or- yeah, to be to be an authentic, natural human being that someone would have a beer with, but mm. then also like tell it like it is and know that like I have something really thoughtful to say on this and I'm going to say it and you know uh, I have something to contribute. Okay, so the confidence comes from knowing whatever you're saying. You're full-heartedly trusting yourself yeah. to say it. Right. Why not? Yeah. Why not? When you mentioned being the only woman in the room and all that, you found a struggle for your voice to be heard? You know, I, I have found um, more openness than close, closeness in my life, in my professional career. That's not to say I haven't had moments where I was like, huh, what was that moment about? But, like, I also don't let it defeat me. Like, I don't, I don't obsess too much. I've, I, like... And I think that's important for all women because you can start to view every negative interaction you have, every failure that you have through a lens if you want to. Like, mm-hmm. I bet that happened to me because I'm this way or that way or I'm a woman. or that. And that can be very self-destructive. Now, you have to be honest. Like, sometimes you're going to have a moment and you're like, okay, that's a moment. Mm-hmm. But there are other times when, you, when you, can, you just can't let it become everything because I think it can be – it can hold – it can hold you back. It can hold you back significantly. It can. And to that point, do you celebrate your small wins? I feel like you need to. Like I as a person, I live off of energy, right? So like much of my career, it's like a ping pong match. I give energy and then I get it back, whether it's from my guest, the 19,000 fans, you know, that's, I live off of energy. So do you celebrate the wins to like hype yourself up? So first of all, like I'm super competitive and I love to win. Like anyone that knows me would tell you those things about me. And I do think that that helps in having success in life. But you got to like temper it again. Go back to the like not being a jerk bit of it. But I but I am competitive as all hell. What does Val look everything. like celebrating a, a big win, a personal or, you know, a career? I'm loud. You're loud. I'm loud. I like I've literally like closed a big deal in sports and like shouted in my office and and like a huzzah sort of thing <laughs> not legitimately so you know what I mean like huzzah, I that just kind of yeah. brought me back to <laughs> no. uh the assembly room when we had there you go the there marching, you go the, yeah the huzzah the huzzah guy yeah, yeah. no I uh, you have I mean if you don't if you're not excited when when you have a great accomplishment mm-hmm. professionally personally whatever it is then you didn't really care I don't think yeah, it's passion. That's it's, yeah, yeah, and we all have that here. What's the one thing in the year and few months that you've been here that has made you scream in your office and scream huzzah? Well, you mentioned the assembly room. Like, I think that so we're, you know, for those of you that, that don't know, we're doing yeah, yeah, transformation color. 2020, mm-hmm. which is uh, 
uh, a major overhaul of the building, you know, 250 to $300 million investment in turning the Wells Fargo Center into like a technology, technologically advanced, modern, experiential building. And, and we're about halfway through it, and, and the reviews have been really positive. But one of the first projects I worked on when I started was we had a, we had a plan for the uppermost level of the arena that was, it was great, but it was like somewhat traditional. And um, when I came in, we started to push the envelope around thinking, who do we want to go after in this space? And can we attract the next generation of fans? And what would that product look like? And that ultimately became the assembly room. And you could probably describe what it is as well as I can. Yeah. I So the assembly room, before I describe it, I just know I've gone up there a few times to film little fan bits. Mm-hmm. And it is a spot I want to hang out at during the entire game, but I can't because I have a job to do. But it is such a fun time. It is. I haven't found another place like that inside this building. Again, I haven't been to every place in the building during the game because my mm-hmm. duties keep me pretty isolated to the event level floor. But um, yeah, it's a fun time. It's a good energy. Every It's cool. I don't know. There's vibes. Well, I love that you say that there's a vibe because we were purposeful in trying to curate a vibe. Like we wanted yeah. to make it a club. Like it's $25 ticket. So it's almost like a cover charge to get in there. It's standing room only, which again, allows for more of a social interaction than just sit in your seat and, and watch the event. But certainly there's great views of, mm-hmm. of the ice in the court from up there. And, um, you know, we curated the an art program. We made, uh, we said what's distinctive and unique about Philadelphia, and certainly there's a lot, but the history of Philadelphia is a key part of that. So we said, how do we make that modern and fun and different? And so we reimagined what old city Philadelphia would be like, you know, if if it was happening in millennial times. So the the artwork on the wall is Ben Franklin and Betsy Ross. Yeah, Ben the millennial. Yeah, he's got a he's got a sleeve, a tattoo sleeve. Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. So, and then we did we did a food and cocktail program that was themed. You mentioned fireplaces. Yeah, is. Like you would want to go cool. in there, even if it wasn't at an arena, if that was just a, a bar I in agree. Center City, and and that's what we were going for. So that's you know when that opened and it looked that was a great credit to the to the team that pulled that together. Fit Laws as the head of our building and worked with a great architect. Um, when that opened and it was what we imagined it to be, that was that was a pretty big like yeah. You celebrated. Yes, that one, I did. As I did. you should. Let's do something weird. Um, this is a little invasive. <laughs> Weirder than this. Okay. What? This is weird to you? Well, no, it's just usually this isn't what people ask me about. This um, is like my, usually they ask me about. Yes. Yeah, what's sp- like a typical question? What did you walk in here and think? What's it like to be a woman in, woman in sports? And I just, you know, like, look, it's a fine question. I get that I'm a little a bit of a, of a unicorn. Like- but like at the same time, like what's distinctive about me isn't that I'm a woman. It's like, I'm, in my opinion, it's that I'm. Excellent at my job. I'm crushing your... about that. Yeah. But anyway, that's a question I get all the time. It's like, what's it like to be a woman in sports? It's like a hard question to answer. It is. And it also makes you feel singled out. And you're like, why? I lead many more men than I do women. You know, this is a company that still sports team. And like most companies, I think we're roughly like one third female. So most of my, most people that, that I lead are men. So I don't view everything just through a gender lens, but right. Yeah. All right. So here's my weird question and it's kind of invasive. Can we take a look at what's in your purse? I saw it done before and I think it's a really unique way to get to know someone by just kind of like, I just looked at my purse and I have like text popping up. So I'm wondering if this is a good idea, but I, um, I, I have a tote with me. Is that tote is okay. Yeah. Whatever you tote your things in person. And I tote. have a tote because I bring my computer home every night. See, and even though a lot of nights I leave at, at 10 30 PM, that's late. Though. Wait, do I have to put it? Are you actually going to reach in here? 
Um, you had, oh my, okay. Yeah, wait, wait, this is fun. No, no, no. I'm going to do it. Um, let me do it. No. You I just, suggest, you just offered. So uh, just be careful. Like before you pull it out in front of the camera, I will, look, I at, will. look at what it yeah. is. We don't have to show everything on the camera, but okay. I feel, oh, this feels like a glasses case. It yeah, is. that's just my sunglasses. Are you prescription? Oh, it's okay. I, I always have sunglasses. Do you use me. blue lights? I have no idea what that is. Blue light glasses. They, they I have cheaters in there that, because again. What, Val? <laughs> Darth Vader? Is this? No. Yeah, pull its head off. I don't want to break it. No, you're not going to break it. Collectors it's a thumb drive. Item. No, it's not. <laughs> it's I have, I guarantee you I have more than one thumb drive, thumb drive in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is amazing. a Star Wars thumb drive. There's, um, how many phones are in here? I guarantee you there are three. I have two phones. I have a personal and a work phone. Okay, that's this? a good idea for anyone. That's a, that's what? a we, life hack. Personal <laughs> phone calendar. and a, yeah, this. Um, yeah, are you, okay, well, let me, or, yeah. Why so, are you laughing at your calendar? Well, first of all, because it's a paper calendar. And that's scratching my head. Don't understand. Well, I often phones. get the comment like, why do you carry a paper calendar? No, I cal love writing something down. Okay, but again, like people are like, everything is in your Outlook calendar. Why do you need to have a paper calendar? But I, I do have a paper calendar. So this is a little, well, whatever. We're being open and honest. So I, so <laughs> I, have, I have an Outlook calendar that has duplicated all this that my assistant populates and keeps me on chart for everything. And then she also prints out like a daily sheet of it and puts it on my desk every morning. But still. Okay, now that we have the formal. Still, I have this whole thing where I write everything down and then I, I cross it out like a serial killer. I don't know. I want all this on camera because I don't know what it My favorite says. part of the cross out is it is an aggressive scribble out. It's not just like a one line. It feels, if you just looked at Valerie's so, calendar right it now. It feels so good to just cross things out. Yes, I feel that this is a yes, page after page. That's why I have it. This is across the board. No matter what you do, I think crossing something off the list just feels good universally. I literally have it so I can cross it out. It's a sense of accomplishment. It's a. It's like a great catharsis in the day. It's it's a great feeling to cross something out. But it also, you know, if this I'm is your in, silent celebration. If I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's true. If I'm in a in in a meeting, you know, and say open. with vendors or clients or prospects or other senior executives, and I like pop it open and they see like this, they're like, oh, has anyone ever said anything? Oh, a hundred percent. People really? are like, oh, hello, serial killer. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. People are like, what is that? Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe the deal was already signed. Was it what? Maybe the deal. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised they said something, that's but I guess the wallet. deal was already signed. Okay, we have a wallet that I just pulled out. It's business cards. Do you carry business cards? That's another generational thing. I, I hear that like young people don't I feel carry like there's business cards. No right answer to this because I don't. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's not surprising. Okay, good. No one printed them for me since I started, so Oh, Val, this is a big one. Do you wanna do you wanna well, it's hand sanitizer. You don't have hand sanitizer in your purse? No, but in today in today's climate, yours. you don't have And all the people I touched touch. Why are you touching people all day? Um, all the, everyone's hands, I high five on the oh, concourse. Oh, oh, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. people's phones to take selfies. I'm yeah. not touching them. That came out weird. I'm glad you called me out. People, people sh shake your hand all day. It's like the, the coronavirus thumb drives. floating around. But yeah. Is there anything this I'm missing? Was, that was fun. Thank I you for letting me do that. I don't really feel like I had anything super exciting except my crazy calendar. No, I like your crazy calendar. Um, <laughs> okay. Also with the weird questions, what is the last costume you've worn? I read this question somewhere and I was like, I got to ask about that. I mean, I did wear a Boba Fett costume to Star Wars Day at Nationals Park. I also I need a photo. I also wore a princess. I actually, that could be on Twitter. I actually, I took down that Twitter and redid one for the Flyers. So it was on Twitter at the time. Um, I did Princess Leia. I was Mother, mother of Dragons. But my, uh, for, for Halloween, I always do a costume theme for the sport I'm working for. So I did a referee when I was at the NBA. I did League of Their Own. 
uh, when I was in baseball. So I have to do a hockey one now. You have any suggestions? I got to think on this. Any, any suggestions? Doug Dorsey. Do you know who that is? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> you don't know who that is, but you should watch Does it. Does anyone know who that is? Really? Brian oh Smith. Do you know who that is? Uh, I got a, a finger wave. Like an it's a in- romantic comedy. Brian. I appreciate this because I think I have been sweating half of this interview. D- Doug Dorsey is a character from the movie The Cutting Edge, which was a phenomenal 90s rom-com that I highly recommend. Did you like Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Although it's not on like my list of 100 must-do films. What is your, like, what are you watching on Netflix? Because I know you said you do like to watch I, I just finished TV. the uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary. Ugh, that was fascinating. Yes, fascinating. I did see that. Um, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm constantly, like I said, I have like every streaming service. We own. I have the burning question. Yes. Did you watch Cheer? No. Valerie, please, if there's anything you do when you leave this room. Is it Netflix? Yes. Okay. Watch Cheer. Is it a documentary? Six episodes or so. Don't quote me. It is a documentary. One season? Yep. Okay, I will. I'll and get back you, to you just will feel so good at the end of it. Really? Yes. Okay. I promise you. It's going to really just take you on a journey of... It's about cheerleaders, I assume. It is. They go to the championships and it's about their journey getting there and what happens when they get there and all of the resiliency they show through the whole process. It It is so good. And they do this thing called mat talk where they're on the mat and some of the cheerleaders are like, you got it. Get up there. Hold it. Stick it. And they're like screaming things. And I just think we could all use some of that in our real life. Like mat talk. Yeah. So mat talk. I'm going to watch it. Maybe that'll give us some ideas of, of something we can do here. Yeah. I don't know how we could apply that, but I just, yes. I need you to watch that. Okay, I will. Let me see what time it is. Oh, <laughs> I know someone's waiting in your office. And my mom texted me probably to say, how did the interview did go? Did she? She did. I see her text and I know. She knew it was a two. So. so can I ask you a question about mom? About the depth of the relationship with your mom? Yeah. This is actually. Um, if it's invasive, it's fine. I it, went through it, your purse. No, I mean, it, I, it's, it's just something that most people don't necessarily agree with me on. Okay. So you know what locator is on, on the phone? Yeah, but I've never used it. Do you, you ever have, use locator? Do you have your mom on? My mom has me on, on locator. Okay, so I see that as like just very protective. Well, like, she's Italian, as I mentioned. But here's the thing. Like when I tell this to people, they're like, what? Like you're the president of a sports team and you're 47 years old and, and your mm-hmm. mom has you on locator. I'm like, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because she used to call me all the time and be like, where are you? Oh. What are you doing? And now she's just like, oh, she's at work. Oh, and then occasionally there is like high comedy. Like I was in Sedona last week and I went on an off-road tour in a Jeep and I get a text while I'm on the tour that says, why are you in the forest? Swear to God, it's oh, the greatest thing ever. It's like high comedy. That's so, yeah. but has she ever called you out on being something that you didn't? Because I'm not one to be found in the forest, just so you know, like as a rather, as a, as a rule of thumb. Has that ever gone south? Like she's found you somewhere to be where you... Said you weren't going to go or no? No, getting good. back to the slow driving, I'm pretty much where I'm supposed to be. Uh, you know, I li- live, live a pretty calculated, conservative, regimented life. No, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about it. Practical. Okay, yeah. wait, one more question that I do want to ask you because I wrote this and it was a good one. I'm going to try to find it. It's about like, oh, yeah, what would your best friends say they like the most about you? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little quirky, non-traditional. So like, I'm not boring. I'm definitely not boring. So they'd say you're the life the, of the party. The worst thing about me, too. Oh, yeah. Right? That, that was my follow-up. Outrageous, they? maybe. You're yeah. outrageous. Yeah, it's within the context of staying between the lines of driving slow. And like, uh, <laughs> I'm and a little unpredictable. off-road in the woods. Yeah, not not typical. Well, I don't like, like things that are 
physically dangerous. Do you like that? Would you jump out of a plane? Oh, that's a great question. No. Mm-mm. No, neither I would I. I don't like those crazy roller coasters. Like, I've done them. I forced myself to just see if I could do them, and it's horrible. Oh, you know what I did that I hated? In Mexico, <laughs> I went and did uh, a tour of the rivers that run underneath the ground. So you climb 25 okay. feet into the ground. You're in the caves. The, the calcites are, like, growing up under you. There's bats flying. The water's freezing. You can't see anything. You can hear your voice echoing. Mm-hmm. And I made my boyfriend hold my phone underwater and vlog the whole thing. You don't know how much we fought after that. Wow. I'm like, you're holding it vertically. I need it horizontal. But was it dangerous? It could be. It could go real wrong. All right. I just always felt like jumping out of a plane, that if I jumped out of the plane and like pulled the chute and it didn't open, I'd be like, why the hell did you do this? Like, you didn't need to do this. And now you're dead. I know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I need to, like, if something like bad happens and it's like, look, you know, I got to drive a car, got to do this, I got to do that. But like, I didn't need to jump out of the plane. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, not an, I'm not a thrill seeker like that. No, you, I feel like your adrenaline comes from closing deals. Yeah, that's true. Why do you need to jump out of a plane when you can just close a deal? I love that. That's a great, that's, that's a, a great, great line. Yeah. Good thing we recorded it. Yeah. As with the whole conversation. Valerie, I know you have to go, but I want to keep you forever and ever, but maybe you'll do a follow-up on everything but hockey. Sure. I don't know what else there could possibly be to ask, but between now and then, I think you need to watch more 80s and 90s related content. And you're going to watch Cheer. I will. And I, will. I can't wait till you Matt talk me in the office. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you're going to Matt talk actually the entire staff. Okay. They're going to love you All right. even more than they already do. I will watch Cheer, I promise. Yes. All right. On that note, Valerie, thanks for being on everything but hockey. Thanks for having me. Did we just become best friends? I love that conversation so much. I'm still trying to pick a favorite moment, but there was almost 45 minutes of moments. So the one that's standing out the most is her relationship with her mom because it is such a special relationship that I cherish. So that was really cool amongst the many inspiring stories and moments of career decisions she had to make all that so if there's a moment that stuck out to you or a story that really resonated leave it in the reviews like I said I read them all and I love to see what part of the show you really enjoyed while you're there give us a five-star rating and if you're not already subscribed please do so that way you get all of the push notifications for our future and upcoming episodes but I really loved this conversation and um, yeah we've got lots more coming up on the show the postseason push is real. If you see me at the arena, be sure to say hello. Give me a high five. Now I will always carry hand sanitizer, thanks to Valerie. But um, on that note, I hope you guys have a great day, an even better week, and I will see you on the next one of Everything But Hockey.